0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Peringer. Well, tonight I want you to take your Bibles or your apps, whatever you happen to have, and turn to Mark chapter 1. Um, you know, on Wednesday nights I'm trying to uh, do a more uh, a well-rounded discipleship study. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> See, that's what happens when you don't preach on a one, one, one sermon when you normally preach. And it throws your voice off now. You know, I'm, so what I, on Wednesdays, I'm trying to do, do you know, well-rounded discipleship, and then on the third uh, Wednesday of the month, I talk about discipleship uh, itself because that is our mission as a church. We want to live and grow in Christ together. We want to learn from Christ, and then we want to live out what it is that we learn. It does us no good to learn. Uh, about Christ and and what he has done and what he expects. And then we do absolutely nothing uh, with it. Uh, That is not what we are called to do. And so uh, the call to discipleship is something uh, that we take seriously and I wanna take seriously here. That's what we are called to go and make disciples. And part of that is teaching them everything that I have commanded you. So that's what we really want to do uh, here. So tonight I want to look at discipleship Jesus's way the way that Jesus does discipleship in a sense what does Jesus demonstrate about discipleship and, and so uh, looking in mark 1 16 through 20 here in just a second but um, in in the dictionary of the New Testament it, it says that the word disciple or related word it only appears in the gospel and the book of Acts and when it is used it is never used of um, a pupil who merely receives instruction, just taking a whole bunch of information is. The word disciple never it references just, okay, let me just fill my brain with a whole bunch of stuff. It, it's what it does uh, mean and the way that it's used, it, it's learning when you share a close relationship with another person. And, and so discipleship is not merely like me standing behind the pulpit and in teaching from this that is a part of discipleship but it's going even further than that it is taking an interest a personal interest in the spiritual maturity uh, of somebody else And, and so uh you know that's a lot to chew on right there um but we see that's what Jesus did with his discipleship, right? He, We see in, in what we're gonna be looking at here tonight when he calls the first disciples, you know, he calls them, they respond, and they are in close proximity with him, and he teaches and he demonstrates and he he points them in the right direction. You know, this is discipleship. But just looking at the call that Jesus puts on the disciples, I want to Um, consider three lessons that we learn from how Mark records it we know that this is found in in all the synoptic Gospels and in Mark chapter 1 beginning in verse 16 this is uh, what we are told passing alongside the Sea of Galilee he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and Jesus said to them follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and they followed him. So I just want to consider three quick lessons about disciples and about discipleship tonight. And so first I want us to consider the disciples response to Christ's summons. Let's consider how they responded to the summons that he put on their lives. Now in first century Judaism, I mean, you know, there were a lot of teachers and a lot of teachers who had disciples and, that, and the, the normal way uh, of going about the whole process of learning under a particular teacher is that the one who wanted to learn, the one who wanted to sit at the feet of a particular teacher, they would approach that teacher and the teacher would kind of examine them to see if, okay, well, let me see if you are uh, worthy to be under my tutelage or, or something like that. So the student would approach the teacher. Well, here we see Jesus doing the exact opposite of what was the norm Uh, Of Judaism in that day Jesus is the one going out and seeking people and boy aren't you glad Jesus is the one going out and seeking people he sought us he was out there because we sure wouldn't have looked for him otherwise and so this is what he does he goes out and he seeks and he summons these four men to follow him In order to become fishers of men he uses that analogy because obviously they are fishing and he says well guess what instead of fishing fish you're gonna learn how to fish for men and their response to Jesus's call that Jesus approached them Jesus called them summoned them to follow him and and told them what uh, it was that they were going to do their response teaches a lot about what our response should be because the same exact call is coming upon our lives Jesus is summoning us to this kind of discipleship as well first we notice that their response was prompt it says in verse 18 that Peter and Andrew immediately left their nets to follow him and then in verse 20 it says that Jane John and James left their nets and they left their father and they left their servants and they, they followed him so they knew the urgency of, of the call that Jesus had placed upon them. So they knew that that this was urgent. He's calling me to be uh, fishers of men. Let's go right now. They didn't kind of say, well, you know, let me think about it. You know, in a Baptist church, what the typical response is, if you ask someone to do something, let me pray about that. And what is, and how do you translate that from baptize into English? No, I don't want to do that, right? But they didn't say that. Well, Jesus, let, let me pray about that. Let me, let me think about that for a minute. Give me a few days, give me a few weeks, let me see. When Jesus puts a call on your life, you go now. You go immediately. They dropped everything that they were doing to follow Jesus and we are called to do the same because there's nothing more important on this earth than following Jesus in the call that he places on your life the call to become fishers of men now second we notice that their response was complete it was a response of total commitment they left all in order to fulfill the calling of Jesus Christ on their lives now that doesn't mean, okay, what well, does that mean? I gotta leave family, and I gotta leave my job and go be a church planter somewhere. I mean, if, if he's calling you to be a church planter, yes. But it's not saying, okay, leave your job, leave your family and go wherever. But what it does mean is that whatever Christ calls you to do as his disciple, that's where your priorities lie. That is where your commitment is. Everything else is secondary to what it is that Christ calls you to do. And so their response was prompt. Their response was complete. Third, their response to this summons was sacrificial. They were willing to, to give up earthly comforts, they were willing to get out of their comfort zone in order to follow Jesus for what was most important for eternity. Because if you think about it, here's these guys. I mean, this is the way they grew up. This is all they know was fishing. All I know is fishing. Well, Christ just called them to do a different kind of fishing. It's just gonna be a different kind of fishing. That was their comfort zone, being on the Sea of Galilee, Caesar, you know, in that area, and in Capernaum, and, and you know, just, just fishing. That's all they knew. This is my area but Jesus called them to leave their comfort zone to follow him and to learn from him him, and to live for him. Sacrifice your comfort and follow me. Now, following Jesus, they weren't going to make a lot of money. They weren't going to really make money. They weren't going to gain glory and fame, although I have a feeling they thought that they might gain some of that. They would eventually learn after his resurrection, that's not where it would go, but they knew they they knew they weren't going to maybe gain a whole lot from this earth but they made the sacrifices in their earthly life because they knew that following Jesus and obeying Jesus and being discipled by Jesus was much more important in the grand scheme of things in the scheme of eternity now a lot of American Christians for some reason they don't think that Jesus would call them out of their comfort zone. Somehow we think that Jesus will just let us do whatever, but stay within the comfort zone. Jesus would never call me to do anything that I'm uncomfortable with. Jesus would never call me to step out of the norm. Jesus would never call me to do something that would, might cause me a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, he will. This is what he did for them. That is part of being a disciple. This is part of taking up your cross, dying to self, and following him. This is part of, you know, this is what I think and this is how I feel, but who cares about that? I'm gonna obey and I'm gonna follow Jesus. Look, if you knew me in my whole life up until my 20s, until god put the call on my life i would not go anywhere near anything that had anything to do with speaking in public that would just freak me out to no end in some sense it still freaks me out a little bit but you know what christ put this call on my life that i want I, I want you to be a pastor <laughs> i'm like <laughs> you're kidding me right uh, well maybe not the one thing I don't like doing but one of the things that I really hate doing is speaking in front of people yeah that's exactly what I want you to do thanks well you know what we see in the disciples response it was prompt they followed immediately it was complete look he called me to do this that's what I'm gonna do and it was sacrificial yes they stepped out of their comfort zone and so you know that that's considering how they responded to the summons that that Christ put on their lives. The second lesson that I wanna touch on tonight is I wanna consider the disciples' attachment to Christ's person. They were attached to a person. Because here's the thing about Christian discipleship. It is not a call to religion, as in it is not a call to a system, per se. It is not a call to merely I mean, yeah, there are rules and regulations and things like that, but it's not a call to merely follow some rules, follow some regulations, follow some laws. It's not a call necessarily to church attendance and church membership, although those are important. What did Jesus tell these men when he called them? He said, follow me. He said, come after me. The emphasis being on the the me follow me the person of Jesus Christ now it wasn't a partnership he was the master they would be the servants they would be the disciples who would follow after Christ to seek they were called to follow him they were called to seek him they were called to to imitate his example they were called to to make him the center of their everything but they were called to a person he called them to himself that means that, that Christianity is not only doctrine and ethics. I mean, there is that part. And trust me, doctrine and, eth- and ethics is very important. If you have the wrong doctrine, you're gonna have the wrong ethics. But in order to have the right doctrine, you gotta have the right Christ. And so it all begins with Christ. You gotta have Christ first. True Christianity is about Christ as he has been revealed in scripture. Yes, doctrine and ethics are important, but we get those doctrine and ethics from Christ. And, and the, the, my fear is, especially may, you know, when, when Christians and, and churches and denominations start moving to the center and then even moving to the left, you know, they, 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 they think that, well, it's just about living life and then here, let me sprinkle some Jesus on my life that's what it is and and I'll follow a system I'll or I'll even follow my own idea of what that system is but even so many who are in you know conservative churches they think that well as long as I oppose what I'm supposed to oppose and confirm what I'm supposed to confirm well, then I'm doing Christianity the right way. As long as I fall on the right side of the hot button issues, well, then I'm doing Christianity the right way. As long as I'm opposed to abortion and I'm opposed to LGBTQ and I'm opposed to this and I'm opposed to that and I affirm the Ten Commandments, then I'm doing Christian discipleship right. And yes, you know what? God is against sins. God has a moral code. God is the one that set the standard, but that is not the center of Christian discipleship. Christ is at the center of Christian discipleship. And if Christ isn't at the center of it, your, your doctrine and ethics are gonna be skewed. And you're not doing Christian Christian discipleship. You know that, that, that there's a lot of people in the United States that believe politically in those same things they're opposed to that and they affirm some of these other things but they're not Christian they're we you know they they're conservative but they're not Christian true Christian discipleship is centered on the person of Christ as one author summarized it, Jesus's followers are not called to follow the study of the law but to follow him they were not so much followers of a particular teaching sacrament hermeneutical theory or ethic but to a person Jesus Christ the object of their faith and hope was Jesus Christ the Son of God the call of Jesus also differed from that of the Old Testament prophets for as whereas they call people to follow God Jesus called people to follow him follow me come to me and I will make you fishers of men It's when we follow him that he turns us into who he wants us to be. I will make you fill in the blank, whatever you're called to. Christian discipleship is centered on the person of Jesus Christ. You are a disciple of Christ when Christ is the center of your life, your decisions, your family, your work, your church, your entertainment, and whatever else is going on in your life. What's so sad is there is people out there who think they can have Christianity without Christ. How in the world do you have a Christless Christianity? It's kind of in the name. (laughs) You kind of need Christ, and yet they think it's because of morals. Well, you know, just let me be moral. But if you don't have Christ, your morals are all wrong anyway, so. It doesn't matter. Jesus is the person that is at the center of discipleship. And then the third um, lesson I wanna talk about quickly from this passage is that the disciples, I wanna talk about the disciples' acceptance of Christ's authority, their acceptance of his authority. So when they, they left everything behind and they started following Christ, that was them saying, I submit myself not only to the teachings of Christ, not only to the lifestyle of Christ, but I am a servant placing myself under the authority of his lordship. You know, the, the word Lord is used very often about Christ in the New Testament. When you believe that Jesus is Lord, or when you, you know, say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Jesus is Lord. What did, uh, you know, um, what, what did the, uh, Paul and Silas tell the Philippian jailer? That they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's a whole lot of people that want a savior to get them out of hell. There's not a whole lot of people that want a Lord who will be their master but you can't have Christ as savior if you don't have him as Lord. To be be a disciple of Jesus Christ is a recognition that Jesus is the master and you as a disciple are a servant, which means that Jesus' words and teachings and life rule over us. As one author stated it, the call of Jesus was not to find fulfillment in what they were already doing, but to a radically new purpose in life, From henceforth, they would serve not their own interests and desires, but those of Jesus who called them. Far too many people who call themselves Christian see Jesus as a means to an end in order to fulfill their own desires. I want to fulfill my dreams, and Jesus is my meal ticket to do that. Lord, help you if you think that. I I want Christ so that he'll bless my self-centered pursuits. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm a Christian and I'll put on the veneer, I'll put on the whatever, the outer stuff, but I, I want to do my own thing. And I want Jesus to bless me in doing my own thing. That's American Christianity today. People want to control their own lives. They want to control their own destinies. They want to make the decision about what direction their lives take. And they make that decision without even thinking about Christ and what it is that he wants in their life. Their version of discipleship is, I'm gonna live my best life now and I'm gonna sprinkle some Christ on. Look, just give me a little Jesus so I can feel good about myself I can feel like I'm spiritual but I'm gonna go do my own thing that is not Christianity that is definitely not discipleship the disciples placed themselves under his authority whatever Jesus said to say they said whatever Jesus told them to do that's what they did they didn't do it on their own Peter Andrew James John they left Everything, and they place themselves under the authority of Jesus so they would go wherever it is that Jesus said to go they didn't do their own thing and then sprinkle some Jesus or go back to Jesus to make them feel better about themselves give me enough Jesus so I stay out of hell but maybe not so much Jesus that, you know, I don't have the smoke on me or something. I don't know what, what I'm trying to say. But, you know, people are trying to just, just give me enough Jesus but so I can go to heaven eventually, but I'm going to live my own life right now. That's not what Peter, James, Andrew, John did. They didn't do it to do their own thing. Jesus was their ultimate authority, not themselves, and that is true Christian discipleship. But you know what we don't see jesus so we're not you know walking with jesus like peter and andrew and james and john were so how can we be disciples of jesus well let me use an illustration from chuck swindoll i updated a little bit to make it sound a little bit more modern but um so this is what chuck swindoll said he said okay let's play a game let's pretend Let's pretend that you work for me. In fact, you're my executive assistant in a company that's growing very rapidly. I'm the owner and I'm interested in expanding my business overseas. But in order to pull this off, I have to make travel plans to go abroad. But then I, I, I still need to uh, you know, stay, and stay there to get this new branch going. And so I make all the arrangements to move and, and to take my family with me for six to eight months over to Europe. And so I leave you in charge Of the busy stateside organization and so I tell you I'm gonna write to you regularly I'm gonna give you directions I'm gonna give you instructions I'm gonna leave you're gonna stay and and you're gonna be in charge but I will be telling you what to do I will be giving you instructions on how you are to run things and so I leave and you stay and months pass and a flow of emails are sent by me from Europe and received by you at the national headquarters and in the emails I spell out all the expectations that I have for you finally I return one day and soon after my arrival I drive down to the office and I'm stunned because grass and weeds have grown up high a few windows along the street are broken I walk into the receptionist room she's doing her nails she's chewing gum and she's listening to her favorite podcast I look around and, and notice that the waste bag- baskets are overflowing the carpet hasn't been vacuumed for weeks nobody seems concerned that the owner has returned I asked you about your your whereabouts I mean you're the one supposed to be in charge and so, and someone in a crowded lounge area just kind of points and yells yeah I think he's down there somewhere well I'm pretty angry I'm disturbed and i move in that direction I bump into you as you're finishing a chess game with the sales manager I ask you to step into my office, which has been temporarily turned into a television room for watching afternoon soap operas. And I say, What in the world's going on, man? And you say, What do you mean? Look at this place. Didn't you get any of my emails? Emails? Yeah, I got every one of them. As a matter of fact, we have had an email study every Friday since you left. We've even divided the personnel into small groups to discuss many of the things you wrote in your emails. Some of the things actually were very interesting. You'll be pleased to know that a few of us have actually committed to memory some of your sentences and paragraphs. One or two of us have even memorized an entire email. There's some great stuff in those emails. Okay, you got my emails, you studied them and meditated on them, you discussed them, you even memorized them. But what did you do about them? Do? We didn't do anything about the emails, but we sure studied them. That is a picture of modern discipleship. Yeah, I'm going to get all this information in. I'm going to win a Bible trivia or whatever. But do, I mean, Jesus didn't really mean what he said, did he? Yes, he did. Every bit of it. So yes, Jesus will put a call on your life. Jesus expects you to respond to his summons promptly with total commitment. Following his authority. Yes, Jesus is gone, but guess what? He has left us everything that we need to know in order to live. What are we doing with what we have been given? And when he returns, because he will return someday, what will he find when he does return? Will he find disciples? Or will he find a bunch of people who, yeah, there's some interesting stuff in your word, but do anything about it, nah. That's for other people, that's for super holy people, that's for that other denomination whatever the excuse is. Jesus did not give the great commission that says, make converts and make people who are biblically knowledgeable. He said, make disciples. People who not only learn, but they live. They live it out. And so Christians, let's pray that he finds us faithful when he returns. May he find us actually following him when he returns. But of course, to be a disciple, you have to take the first step of discipleship, which is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can you're not going to be able to do any of the other stuff until you first do that and so if you've never done that today is the day yeah you know what being a disciple of jesus christ might take you out of your comfort zone yes you might not be able to do everything else that the whole rest of the world is doing but i'll tell you what when you get to heaven you will not regret one moment in being a disciple of jesus christ there is no one who's gone to heaven saying, oh, I so wish I didn't follow Jesus like I did. Oh, I so wish I wasn't as faithful to my Lord as I was. That's never been said in heaven. There's a lot of people who say, I wish I would have followed him closer. I wish I would have been more faithful. I wish I would have loved him more. Why not start now? Why not start Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuestHBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry.